guys welcome back to the way we parent podcast this is paula your host and this is episode eight of season two today i have a conversation for you with two of my instagram besties um, mariana and michelle we talked about what it's like to work um, a business that relies heavily on instagram for marketing we wanted to give you guys a sort of real life behind the scenes of what are the things that we struggle with, what are the things we love about it, um, etc. And then we ended the show with a little bit of a rant about sleep training culture as usual. Now let me tell you about these two amazing ladies. So Michelle Carrier, she is the owner of Babies and Brains. Um, she is an expert on infant mental health and attachment. Um, and so she runs amazing uh, parent education services and programs, um, including Circle of Security. Mariana is a fellow baby led sleep coach. Um, she also has training in Circle of Security parenting um, and a degree in child development and also uh, studying psychology. You can find Mariana on Instagram at babies to toddlers. And as always, all of their information will be in the show notes. Um, so yeah, without further ado, I can't wait for you guys to listen to this conversation and let me know if anything resonated, if you have any further questions after listening and enjoy. Okay, so thank you, Michelle and Mariana for being here. I'm actually so excited for this call. And I feel like we could probably do like five episodes on different topics together, but um, <laughs> this is going to be a good one. Um, so I wanted to start by getting you guys to introduce yourselves a little bit um, and just sort of how you got to be where you are now and, and how you ended up working um, or using social media for your business. Um, so I guess I'll start with Michelle. Okay. Yeah. I'm Michelle Charrier and I run babies and brains. So I originally started out in the community behavioral health field. So I really wasn't on social media regarding work just for personal use. And then during the pandemic, that is when I started the page just because I wanted to connect with the community more and I really was bored, honestly. I needed something <laughs> extra to do. And I didn't know it would so turn into such a thing. So at first it was kind of a hobby and just sharing information that I already shared at work. And then it became a full-blown job. And now it is the only thing that I do and I don't work in, in the community anymore. And I'm running the page, running the business and putting products out there. So that's where I'm at now with it. That is really cool. I love that. I think so many, so many people started these kinds of jobs during the pandemic it's been quite a change for for a lot of for a lot of folks um how about you mariana yeah so um hi i'm mariana kessman <laughs> um and yeah so i started um with like first thinking about sharing my thoughts around um what i found as an early childhood educator um, I wanted to share a little bit about how I felt as a mother too, and all the conflicting information that I was getting from the internet. Um, and from that on, I decided to add some certifications around sleep and also adding that to what I was writing about. Um, it all began with me writing in my mother tongue in Portuguese. Mm -hmm. And then I felt the need to start sharing my thoughts around everything that I was sharing in Portuguese in English as well. And yeah, so I've been um, sharing my thoughts on um, social media since um, 2018. 
And yeah, that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) So you've been doing this longer than us. That's, that's really cool. Um, Do you feel, did you notice, I'm curious to know, like a big change uh, with the pandemic? Oh, Oh, yes. Definitely. I think there are so many um, of us right now. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, because I feel that most parents right now are um, on the internet. They are looking for information, trying to bone with other parents and trying to find um, like-minded people that kind of, you know, support them in their decisions. And, and there is this huge need um, I, I'm a huge fan of, you know, all this, all this mm-hmm. movement. I feel, I feel like if you can, if you can filter, um, your own values and you, if you can really identify what's important for you, um, you won't get so overwhelmed by the information that you find on the internet because you can, you can settle and, and filter what's aligned with what's important for you. And this is the moment where you can find that information and rest on the fact that um you will find your your um your people mm-hmm. I think it's easier now than it was before yeah yeah it's you know so as we're recording this a couple days ago we had the big social media blackout of 2021 <laughs> 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 but you know Instagram Facebook we're all down in I had an interesting conversation in my community when everything kind of came back about how people were feeling about it. And it's just so fascinating to me because I think most people have such a love hate relationship with social media. And so many people were like, it was a welcome break. Right. And I was like, okay, but I get that. But then you're here now. Like, why are you still here? If you, if you don't like it here. Um, right. So it's, it's, it's just, it's, so I think what you're saying is so relevant, Mariana, because it, it can be such a negative uh, place to be if you're on social mm-hmm. media and you're seeing all the toxic stuff that's there. And then, but if you filter it, it can be, it can, it can have so many positives too. Um, so there's good and bad. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what a lot of people don't always realize, because a lot of people are consumers and obviously we are consumers. That's how we started as well. Um but what they don't always know is what sort of goes on for the people like us who work on social media, who are there showing up and, 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 you know, I don't like to use the word influencer because I think that has a different connotation. Mm -hmm. And what we're doing is also promoting our, our work that isn't social media based, you know what I mean? Like we're not just um, promoting products like from other people and brands and whatnot. Um, but regardless, there are certain expectations and a lot of stuff and assumptions that come with it. And I think that's what I wanted to talk about today to share with people, um, what it looks like from our end. Yeah. I mean, I myself struggle with boundaries around social media, and I think it's so much harder when you work on social media, um, because it's easy to put it down and just say like, I'm not going to watch videos today. Like I don't need to be on my phone today, but when you are running a business on there. Any time you take off is time that you're taking off of marketing and selling and maintaining your livelihood. 
And so it's really hard to draw that line, especially when all of the accounts are linked. And so your personal is linked to your business and you can easily switch back and forth. And it's great that it's so easy, but then you just kind of get sucked in. At least I do. I get sucked in. Mm -hmm. I'm scrolling, I'm consuming, and also trying to market and sell at the same time. And then I'm really not doing anything well. I kind of have my hands in different pots there and I'm distracted. And I procrastinate. And I really realized that on Monday because I got mm-hmm. so much done actually. But then I find it hard to actually take breaks like that on my own without it being forced. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's really hard. I find the same thing. It's like you, you have, you know, you feel like you need to be on and showing up and, and, um, you feel like if you take a day off, then people are going to forget about you almost like there's this, I like this, you want to stay relevant. And at the same time, then you almost question yourself too. They're not, am I, am I posting too many stories? Am I posting too often? Or do people even want to hear about this? Or, you know, like you, there's just so much questioning. Um, at least I do. I know I feel like other people do as well, but, um, and just, just kind of questioning yourself. And then also, I, I don't know about you guys, but I know I struggle with even, even selling. Like I know my, I have offers that will help people, but I also don't like being too salesy. So there's that balance too. And I think um, like finding that balance of how much do I say like, Hey, here's my cool course that you can buy, but without sounding like you're always doing a sales pitch, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's the algorithm too, um, because it's not just, you know, if you decide to, to take a break, because you were really overwhelmed, there is more than just, you know, the people, um, maybe not feeling connected to you or judging that you were taking a day off, but also the algorithm, because yeah. um, I take breaks, um, you guys probably saw that I often take breaks, because yeah. if you're really overwhelmed, uh, but once I'm back, I feel the pushback. There is a huge pushback from the algorithm. So yeah, so I think that's um, that's something else that we need to wait when we are um, considering, you know, taking breaks or even if you need to um, prepare something that you want to sell or something that you believe is relevant for your audience. Sometimes you just can't um, do it all, like all together, you, as Michelle said. Um, sometimes you just cannot finish the projects you're working on because you feel like you have to keep checking the internet. And every time you go in and you answer questions and you check your DMs, uh, when you see you were there for like, I don't know, an hour or so, and there's your life going mm-hmm. on around you because it's not just your business, right? Um, so yeah, so I, I have a hard time with that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it's really challenging for sure. And even, even outside of that, then there's the expectations that come from people, right? So there's you drawing boundaries just in terms of like how much you scroll and how much you spend time on it and, you know, where you're willing to, like how much you're willing to spend on, on this app and this service and whatnot, but then there's the the stuff that comes with the expectations people have. Like they want you to answer all their questions. And um, I know that can be really frustrating. Yeah, we, we, we kind of like, yeah, yeah, definitely. We, we post kind of like um, controvert, like 
something that should not be controversial, mm-hmm. but it is right now, um, especially because we are showing the other side of what's imposed to you, to, you know, to people yeah. as parents. So we are bringing the other side. Oh, look, you know, <laughs> there's this too. And, and that's also something that impacts us because we know that message is important, but we also know that, that there's a lot more after we post that we will have to kind of um, keeping a look at what's going yeah. on. So I think there's more, like it's not just creating content, but what, what happens after we put the content yeah. out there. Yeah. I find that part so hard because you just have this little square and then <laughs> you only have so many characters to write a message. And then there's obviously so many questions because we're talking about, you know, these big concepts here. And so you feel like you have to be available for the comments at least for 10 minutes, right? That's what they say, like engage 10 minutes before your post, 10 minutes after whatever. And then you get messages that flood in. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like when you know you're going to post something controversial, you have to clear your day. You mm-hmm. have to be fed and well-rested. <laughs> because you know, it's going to be a battle all day. You're going to have notifications up the butt and it's just going to blow up your phone and you just have to have like your armor on and be ready for it. And so it's not just throwing a post out there and leaving it. There's all of that engagement and those expectations. And if you don't give answers, sometimes people get really upset about it. It's like, you need to (laughs) describe this more to me because you're the one that put it out here. Right. So where's your proof? (laughs) Yeah. Give me your dissertation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's like my biggest pet peeve. (laughs) And, but at the same time, it's hard because like, that's good advice. And actually it's funny. We were just chatting. I posted something a little bit spicy just before we came on here. So I had to turn off my notifications. Um, I was like, that was a bad idea. But at the same time, on the other hand, you sometimes post things and it flops because again, like you guys are saying the algorithm, you know, and it's, it's funny because everyone's always like the algorithm, but it is true. Like, or sometimes maybe you got the timing wrong, whatever it may be, whatever the reason is, there's not always a obvious reason to things. And you post something and you're really proud of it. You're like, I worked super hard on this post. You know, it'll be like, everyone's been asking this question. I'm answering this question. I have multiple slides, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like crickets. And it's just, so deflating right because you're like well why am I putting all this effort in um and so you know there's there's both sides of that spectrum there and if that you get a lot of attention then that's sometimes when you when a post does really well it brings in the bad attention too no yeah. I know I'm not happy when it yeah. flops and I'm also not happy when it's like so popular that I can't get off my phone I cannot be pleased right <laughs> yeah and there's a lot of work for free that uh we do um, that I don't think that's um, clear to people that um, we, you know, we have to honor our lives outside the, the app. And um, there is a lot that we need to um, do to actually keep uh, our content going. And that sometimes we need to be paid for. Um, and we, we have products to um, sell and keep us going and that's actually our work um, sometimes I think it's really hard for people mm-hmm. to understand that um, I I often see that when you are trying to sell something on Instagram your story views drop yep. drastically and sometimes you have to keep pushing the product over yeah. and over again that's not fun for us too but 
yeah, this is also the, something that's so like, it has been so challenging for me um, to find yeah, that yeah. balance. <laughs> So, yeah. And there's this yeah. misconception that Instagram just pays you if you have a big following. Like yeah. I, I remember when mine started to grow, people are like, Oh, are, are they paying you yet? And it's like, that's not who? how it works. At least not for me. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't know, like who is getting paid a lot yeah. from Instagram, but I mean, Instagram had where, you know, they were giving you a little bonus to do like lives, but oh, really that's yeah. And they didn't drop, like they slowly like dropped it out. I think everyone's going to like eventually have it, but that's the only time that there was like an offer where I would get paid just for being on Instagram. So I think there's this misconception. Well, it's like, you're just a post factory and you're just getting paid for it. And like, they don't realize that that's free time. Um, and that's the time before where you have to think about a post. Like sometimes I'm just like laying in bed and I'm like, what am I going to post today? And it's, it takes me like an hour and then you have yeah. to word it and then you have to design it and then put it out there. And so, yeah, it is a lot of free work. Yeah. Well, and I think that's really important. I think that's becoming, you know, because these days everybody's on social media, everyone. And so there's that expectation from people that, it's you're putting out free content. So like, why shouldn't I just ask you the questions? Like you're the one, you know, it's like you said, like you're the one who started this conversation. So why can't I question you on it? And it's like, you can, but I can also say no, because this is my free time. Um, And so obviously, you know, that's where the lines get blurry, right? Like we post these things because we care and we're genuinely passionate about these concepts that we're talking about. And, And obviously we want to give to people like I love my community on Instagram. I love the people I talk to every day and not necessarily the ones that pay me, right? Like some of them will hire me and some of them don't need to hire me. I actually have a lot of followers who, who don't need my services. They just follow me because they enjoy following me and we have good conversations together. So we love that aspect of it. And, and at the same time, it can be really draining when people are, expecting so much of you so it's like you know and then you'll get those dms where somebody is like what about blah 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 and they ask you like paragraph long questions and when you say hey let's have a call they ghost you or they even get like offended you know like why how dare you <laughs> you know ask for money when i'm asking you a question or something it's it's crazy mm-hmm Yeah. And the, like what Mariana was saying about the algorithm and like, when you start selling your views drop, I wholeheartedly believe in that. I don't know where the proof is. I haven't seen the proof, like as far as like it's written anywhere, but it's an experience. Like, it's just so clear that you can go from like having eight to 10,000 story views consistently. And then you try to sell something and you're getting 800, like, and it's so annoying because Instagram needs us And then we also need Instagram. And so we want to be mad at Instagram for it, but we can't really do anything about it. Um, And then I get all these ads, like promote your story, promote your story. Like I got so many yesterday. That's when I started announcing my webinar and Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, so you're going to drop my views unless I pay for them. And I have to work extra hard now. (laughs) Yes. It's frustrating and, and, and it can get really draining. And so, you know, I think, I think what you do, Mariana, is just taking breaks sometimes it's, is what we all need to do because it, you just have to kind of not let it become your whole world. But I think the other point that Michelle made was, is important. is like you, it, for, for some of us, it is our livelihood. 
Um, and mm-hmm. so again, that's where it becomes really tricky to draw that line. Like I get as a consumer, if I, if I'm just posting like a personal page, I'm, I don't post on my personal page anymore, but I can definitely choose not to post on my personal page and like, whatever, like no one cares. Um, but if I have something that I need to sell, if there's a product I'm promoting and I'm not posting, then no one knows about it. And then I don't make money. And then I don't have, you know an income for my family yeah. uh, so that I can stay home with my son and do this. Like it is a, it is a cycle. And um, I, I will say though, there are more people who are starting to understand this. I think it's, it's starting to become known like um, as you know, our society sort of progresses and, and social media is a job for so many people. I think more people are starting to understand that. Um, whereas I think the old school mentality was like, you can't work on social media. That's not a job. That's not a thing. Right. Um, but then there's still like, again, the people who, who don't quite get it and, and demand your time and effort. So that's the, so, I mean, I think you want to kind of, I don't want to just sound like a downer for anybody who's listening. Um, but I want to give people just sort of an idea of what that looks like so they can understand and, and sort of, the things that we, we appreciate, I guess. Um, so for example, um, I, I appreciate people who, again, maybe won't buy my products, but they'll share my content and they'll, you know, boost, like make comments and that helps boost them. Right. It helps more people see it. So yeah, they're not necessarily like, because you could say like, well, I don't have money to buy from every single person I follow and like, and learn from on Instagram. And that's totally fair, but you can still do things to support that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's some really cool people that have been there from the beginning and I don't expect everyone to buy, you know, something. And I don't only like the people that buy something. There (laughs) are really great supporters out there. Um, and they'll pump up your post and they'll, you know, comment on it and they'll even, you know, take on some of that advocacy too, which is really, I think why we even started these pages is to spread the word to a bigger audience. And so it's amazing to see, like, I love when someone learns something and then they're putting that message out there because I'm only one person. Mm -hmm. I can't do that all over the world, but then we have these other people that, you know, really resonate with those messages and then they spread them. And I think that's the beautiful part about it. And that's why I wanted to get on this platform because I was working with my community before, which is amazing. And I love it and I miss it. And I'll probably go back to it someday, but that's just my community. What about everyone else in the world? So I think that's an amazing part of it too. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And I was talking to people today. Like I, I asked on, on my, on my stories, I was like, well, where do you guys learn about respectful parenting, gentle parenting, attachment, all the stuff we talk about. And most people said social media, like that's just where we learn things these days. And and we're able to reach so many people that wouldn't have otherwise found this content. So, um, so that's, it's, it's really helpful. Um, What about uh, DMs? Like, what would you like people to know about sending you DMs? (laughs) Oh my gosh. What would you not like them to know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't even, I'm like, how do I even articulate that? I have so many feelings towards DMs. DMs are just, they're the worst. And not just because of like the the content of the ones that come through, but they're just so hard to keep track of. And 
And I think it's hard because people that really want help then get lost in it. And so, you know, I think it's important to like, if you're really seeking help, like you want services, you want that one-on-one support to not go through DMs Mm -hmm. because DMs just get clogged up with like every reaction someone gives to your story. Why is that a thing that it comes through DMs? I don't know. (laughs) It's so unproductive. I feel like they were testing it for a bit where it wasn't. Yeah. And it was great. And then it came back and yeah. And you can't organize your DMs. Like, no. you know, if you leave one on red, which I will often do, cause like I'll open a DM and it's like four pages long. And I'm like, there's no way I have the time or energy to read that right now. So I mark it as unread, but then eventually it gets pushed down and then I never get to it because it just, and then even like your notifications won't show anymore that you have an, a DM. So they'll just get buried and then you forget about it. There's no yeah. like way to search for unread DMs. No, or you read one and you don't mark it on red. Like you're just, you know, whatever you're doing something. And then you forget who it was and there's just no way to find it again. It's in the abyss. And then you're like, they're going to think I'm an asshole because they can see that I read it. And I'm not responding to it, but I just don't remember the name and I cannot find it. And so it's just so disorganized and it's so chaotic. I kind of just avoid my DMs now, honestly. Like I don't really. Do you have like a million unread? <laughs> I I used to, but then I cleared them out and I don't know. I just put so many like disclaimers and like boundaries out there that I feel like it's helped a little bit. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm so glad. it's not too bad. If I post something like spicy like you said then I will have a lot um but lately it's been a little quiet maybe I've been more tame I don't know Uh, I don't think you've posted anything super controversial but the things you post should not be controversial I know (laughs) you're posting things like it's you should uh you know it's good to uh listen to your babies (laughs) like it's like not controversial um yeah it's, it's amazing that it is something that people get mad yeah. at, right? Um, because it's basically information. Uh, you're not attacking anyone. And this is the part that sometimes it's so hard to navigate, right? So, social media, because you're basically sharing something that's, you know, information, like real, like real things, child development, important stuff. And, and then you get that strong pushback and that sometimes keeps you from mm-hmm. posting some some important things that people need to know um because of the avalanche of you know yeah people really mad at you right and and you were just really being the vehicle of that information to be available for people um but yeah i i agree with you guys in terms of dms i feel like i need I, i should start working on those boundaries around the ends too um i i get some really like difficult ends sometimes um and i really feel like i really feel like i feel deeply for people because i wish i could stop everything and help them but some things are way more complicated than they 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 look like because we can't just Uh, you know give advice without really knowing people the work that we do involves really getting to know the family the child and and it gets really hard when we don't have those informations it's kind of irresponsible from our part so those boundaries are fundamental for us to actually do a good work and so 
yeah it's really hard like I I cringe a little inside every time I get like I said those like four paragraph you know dms because I hate to respond to that with a please book a call you know and and I try to say it nicely but it, it just I I one cannot answer without asking you a million other questions because I don't know your child I don't know your situation I don't know but two, it really actually takes a lot of mental effort for me to sit there and read through. And people mm. will send me like their kid's schedule. Like they'll tell me like my kid naps at this time and they wake up at this time and this. And I'm like, I don't have the mental capacity to sit here and decipher through this entire message and give you all of the support that you need. I mean, that's why people pay me for that. Right. And, and, and I do it at certain times of the day when I'm scheduled to do that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it's tough. And I, you know, and I think, yeah, part of it is the people pleaser in me is like, I don't want people to think I'm an asshole, but you have mm. to sometimes just say no and, and say, or, or here's where you, we can discuss further. Um, but it, it doesn't yeah. feel nice. I just kind of wish it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And even when you were answering like Q and A's, there is always something that you are, um, right? That you are not really um, being able to um, to cover because you just have that, you know, that that little space to to share. And then I often focus on one area, which is the first one that sparkles for me, and then I write about it. And if I go back to my answers, I always have something more to say. Um, but then I get like lots of DMs um, telling me, okay, but there's this and you didn't mention that. And, you know, so I'm like, okay, you know, maybe next time. <laughs> that, that is I so can't. frustrating when you get a, can you tell this mom that blah, 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 this happened to my, like, and it's like, I appreciate the, I appreciate the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The intent there. But do you honestly think I'm going to go find, like, do you know how hard it is to go find who wrote that question to then DM them, to then tell them the message that you're t- like, it just doesn't, you know, it, I'm not going to do that. I always just kind of like, okay, thanks. And I don't do it because I don't, I, it just, it's impossible. I don't have time for that. Um, but people will do that often. I don't know if you guys get that too. It's like, can you tell this mom that this happened yeah. to me too? And blah, blah, blah. It's like, what? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I really like like when people are sharing their experiences. And I mean I'm I'm fine with with you know the experiences being shared, but more um like what triggers me is the like I don't know, it's it seems like the person is kind of telling me uh-huh, how, how to answer. answer things. And I think that's when I get frustrated because, you know, I that's my answer. Yeah. <laughs> I said what I said. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It... Yeah. I, that's part of my disclaimer. I'm like, you know, this might bring up, you know, question, additional questions. You might want to request um, the research article. You might want to add on to the answer provided. And if you want to do all that book, the call, then we'll have mm-hmm. a consultation that you pay for. If you want your, you know, inner workings of your mind to be heard by someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's usually with good intent, but they just, again, don't realize mm-hmm. the energy that you're already putting into that stuff. And so then anything extra is taking away from what you're trying to do there. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's exactly why, you know, again, I wanted to have this conversation and and explain that to people who follow us, because I think, again, like people don't know unless you're in it, you don't know. And I've definitely sent like long DM questions to people before I did this for a living, you know, thinking like, oh, I'm just asking for help and and thinking like they can say no, they don't want to. But sometimes it's just the fact that you're you're already putting that there's already an emotional labor there um, just by asking the question you know what I mean um so yeah so I think it's really tricky uh yeah quite Q and A's are fun but they're 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 their own thing I know Michelle Michelle's got like the biggest um Q and A disclaimers I've ever seen (laughs) (laughs) I love them I have to it actually has helped like no lie I I don't even think I got that many dms from the last one that I just did that's amazing I know I know I've even gotten comments about my disclaimers. They're like, you seem really insecure because you're like putting this out there. And I'm like, I actually am not insecure at all. I just don't have time for this shit. So like that's, it has nothing to do with how I feel about myself. Yeah. Um, They're like, just ignore the haters. You don't need to put that out there. And I'm like, yes, I do. The haters cannot be ignored. They pop up as little notifications. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's not. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's true. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, on, on another note, I meant, I meant to mention this one thing that's helped a, a lot. And I think you guys do this too. I'm not sure, but oh my goodness, my life changed when I turned comments to followers only. So yeah. for anybody who doesn't, who doesn't know at home, you can mm-hmm. turn on Instagram, you can make it so that the only people who can comment on your posts are people who are following you. Um, and so for people who don't follow you, it'll, it, it usually shows up as like comments have been restricted. And I know some people are like, oh, what? She doesn't want to deal with, you know, like they, they, they sort of look at it, look down on it. And for me, it's just like, I don't want any random troll showing up on my page, leaving nasty messages. And because I was like, there was at the beginning when my, when, and I'm sure you guys, again, you can relate to this when your platform is pretty small, it stays pretty safe. Right. But then when you start to grow and then when, when you have a post sort Mm -hmm. of go quote unquote viral, is when the trolls come in and they will just write the nastiest, randomest things. And it's just like, I don't want to give you my time and effort. So I'm not going to allow you to do that. And if you really want to troll me, I guess you could DM me or you could whatever. But, you know, most people, it it's amazing how much it deters people. Because like, you were angry enough to write a comment, but clearly not angry enough to DM me or take it further. So you know, that's, that's, it's really helpful. It is life changing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've had it like that. I even had my story replies turned off and I forgot. I like, I used to kind of go back and forth. Like I'll turn them off when I'm doing a poll and I get a lot of kind of like random comments back. And then I just accidentally left it off and it's just been amazing. So I'm leaving it Do you still have them off? No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you can have it <laughs> off um, for anyone that you're not following. So oh. yeah. Oh, I should so play it's around still with like that. that. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. <laughs> That's genius. Yeah. So smart. Yeah. Wow. That's probably why my DMs also haven't been too crazy. So, so people try and they can't DM you. Well, and some people will work around it. You can send the slide to me, like with the little like airplane arrow. Oh, and, okay. And you can comment on it, but you can't just like, there's not a little reply box down there. Oh, like, that's good. But then the person really, really wants to do yeah. that. Yeah. Right. It's just 
But yeah. you know what? It helps, right? Like you've got to make people jump through hoops. Because again, that's, I think the issue with social media is that it's so easy and it's so accessible. And, mm-hmm. and that's where, you know, again, the trolls or even just people who disagree with you, they feel so empowered to just, da, 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 I disagree, da, 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 da. And it's like, they don't take the time to, to, to stop, to think about it, to realize that there's a real human being behind the screen you know, and I mean, I see stuff that I disagree with all the time. I mean, we just did today, but I'm not going to bombard their comment comment sections and DMs just because I disagree with them. I'm just going to go rant about it on my own page yeah. <laughs> to my audience who already wants to listen to me. Yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. we do. Um, but it's tough. Yeah. The other thing I, I wanted to talk to you guys about, and I know we've all kind of gone back and forth on this, is there's this sort of weird expectation that people have of anybody who has any kind of sizable platform on social media to talk about every issue that comes up in the world. And yeah. in the world we live in, that's a lot of things, right? <laughs> that's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And, you know, it's, and I know I, because I know you guys and from chatting with you that we all care very deeply about the things that go on in the world and we have our strong opinions about it, but yeah, it's just, it's been a tough balance. So I'm curious to know your thoughts on that. Yeah. That is such a hard area for me because I originally felt like if I didn't speak about something that I was going to be perceived as a bad person, that I'm not using my platform for good. Right. Um, because that's kind of that, that's the perception that's out there, that if you have a big platform, you have to use it for good. Like you have to fight evil and right. put these messages out there. And then I posted about something I didn't really understand and it wasn't the best posts that I shared and it was with good intent, but it was just something that I should not have been talking about. And I got so much pushback and that really made me kind of take a step back and think about what do I really want to share? What am I passionate about? What do I understand? Because I also don't want to be spreading misinformation and it's so easy for a post to look like it's legit and you're like, okay, I'll just grab that. That one's, that's the message I back up and I'm going to put it in my story. And then it's not. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you do look like an asshole and you do, it does make you look bad. And Mm -hmm. so I have kind of stepped back from sharing, especially about global issues. That's just not something that I am well-versed in. Yes. Um, and, and then there's also the other part of me where it's like, well, should I research that more then? But then I can't put the time into my platform, the things that I do understand and I'm passionate about. And mm-hmm. one person cannot be all knowing. We can't be well-versed in everything. Yeah. I think that's important for us to, you know, understand. Right. Right. I think it's like, yeah the the sort of mentality people have it's like if it didn't happen on social media it didn't happen so I think that's where and it breeds that performative activism right and so it's like if you didn't post about this terrible event then obviously you don't care (laughs) but that's not the truth right like you care and also not feel like it's your place to speak on those issues um, how do you feel about that, Marianne? I know you're usually pretty private about stuff too. Yeah, I feel the same way. I think Michelle just described the ex- my exact thoughts on all this. Um, for example, there's I, I feel it, it's complicated to talk about most things, especially because we all have different experiences, right? Um, and coming like I am mm. Brazilian, um, so 
I have, I feel like I have a different way of seeing the world too, um, that I, that I don't share with most people, um, around mm -hmm. me. Um, and I often have to reflect a lot before, um, engaging on this, um, the, in this whole world of activism yeah. and all of that, because I don't feel represented to in many ways. And, um, And I feel in the end, I have to pause a little bit and, okay, let me take deep breaths here. There's a lot going on in my country too. We have so many issues right now. And sometimes I get super overwhelmed um, with all the information um, because, yeah, so I think there's that. There is this, this whole thing about um, our, our perspective, right? Yeah. And it's complicated and sometimes yeah I just need to pause a little bit before I do yeah. anything and I feel like there is this huge pressure that you need to respond that you need to position right. yourself but sometimes my positioning is not available out there for me to mm. share you know from other people um I I am a person who needs time I, I need time to process all that um you know, um, COVID wise and all the, you know, all the things that, you know, at, like everybody has an opinion and everybody has a cause and, um, and yeah, so right now I'm feeling like super overwhelmed about, you know, what's happening in my country specifically. Um, it has been really, really, really tough on people, um, So, so yeah, I feel like I have to choose um, what I am going to share for these parents, especially when we are talking uh, with, you know, so many mothers who just had their children and they have this, like, you know, they're flooded with emotions yes. and, and um, I don't know, I, I think, I think we, we have, this is our responsibility to, to kind of uh, reflect before we share um, because these moms are taking care of little ones and, and these little ones will be impacted um, by their mothers, by their parents' emotions. Um, and if I am talking about this all the time and I'm talking about self-regulation, about you know parents self-regulating right. so they can co-regulate and then I'm also flooding them with um, things that unbalance them, uh, I need to at least pause a little bit before I go ahead and share those things and really evaluate if that's, if that's something I want to do yes. right now. That's um, a really good point. I, I, I love the way you put that. Yeah, no, but I agree. And I've come to that conclusion myself and it's taken me a little bit longer perhaps because I have been more outspoken in the past and, you know, it's, it's complicated because on the one hand, I do think that you know, because, because people, you know, people would say like, stick to sleep, you know, stick to whatever. And I don't think that's fair either. I think every person yeah. is a well-rounded human. We have opinions about more than just sleep or parenting or whatever, but, um, but yeah, I think it's important to also, uh, I, I, I do question that more now and how much I'm putting out there because I, I did realize like, okay, people are here on this page to hear about this particular topic And they don't need to be flooded with all these other things because there are pages 
who are dedicated to that, who know what they're talking about better than I am, than I know, right? And so then the my internal sort of battle was, well, isn't that a privileged position to be able to say, I can turn this off and not, not think about these issues that are happening. But what I realized is that, you know, when it comes to babies, I always, I always sort of remind people like where we came from and how babies are the way that they are based on evolution. Um, and I think as humans, we're not meant to know everything that's going on in the world. Like if you think like 200, 300 years ago, you didn't know every, you know, coup that was happening around the world or every war or every famine or every, like, there's always been terrible things, but like, it's just not possible for us to carry the load of every awful thing that's happening. It's just not, it, it's, it's only going to burn us out if we do that, you know, and that doesn't mean don't care. And that doesn't mean don't stay informed, but it's like you said, Mariana, it's like, you have to have that self-regulation. Like it's different. I, I, I need to be able to make that choice of like, okay, I'm going to sit now and I'm going to investigate this issue that's come up as opposed to being bombarded with it every time I'm on social media. Um, does that make sense? And, you know, and another big thing that I can't stand is um, tr- like the trauma porn, right? Like the way people do it. And some people will post like, most people I follow don't do that for a reason. That's why I don't, I don't follow people that do that. But sometimes I'll see like videos of really like graphic things that are happening in and to me, it should always come with a trigger warning and with a cover page or something, because I don't actually want to be desensitized to that. I don't want to watch videos of people being abused or shot or whatever it is, and then become desensitized so that I don't feel anything when I watch it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's just a balance. Again, it's the boundaries. That's really like the theme of how to exist on social media and maintain your own wellness, you know, your mental wellness. Um, And it's just knowing that, you know, the expectations that people place on you don't have to be your expectations for yourself. I think drawing the line there, you know, it can be helpful that just because people, you know, expect you to speak about this certain issue or say things in a certain way, that doesn't mean you have to take that on. Mm -hmm. Cause we're just like carrying this backpack that just like gets so heavy. And then we can't show up for why we're even there in the first place. Right. Oh. Yeah. yeah. You get so bombarded yeah. with what everybody else thinks, but it's impossible to meet everybody's expectations. So it's, Cause they're so different. Yeah. And also, and also uh, a reminder for ourselves that um, as Michelle said, these expectations from people and and you know the the idea that they form from what they see um us sharing like the little parts of our lives and the little things that we are sharing um um are not really our whole self and there's a lot that we don't share there's a lot of things that we've been through um the experiences we, uh, we had and um things that we we know that we don't that we don't talk mm-hmm. about uh, on our pages, right? Because yes, we have a focus. Um, I, I would say we have our work around uh, mm-hmm. what we share on our pages, right? So we chose that topic, and obviously, we will sometimes share a bit more. As Paul yeah. said, you will share something that that's important for you that you think that you need to talk about because 
either relates to you and your experiences, yeah. your life experiences, and you think that's important for people to know, or um, I don't know, you know, but, but, I, but I think that's important to, it's important to keep in mind that, I mean, we will try our, our best to, um, to share things that kind of, um, that represent our values at, as human beings, but we won't be able to really um, share everything and um, meet people's ex expectations of how we should think. And if we are thinking the same way as other people believe we should be thinking. Um, so yeah, so it's a, it's a very complex um, thing, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's, it's even hard to explain, but basically we are not, we are not that you know we are not just that we are not just what you see yeah. on stories we are not just what we see as writing um, there's a lot more about us that people won't know won't see yeah um, yeah you know and sometimes it, it there's a bit about like you like know Michelle saying is like our own boundaries right and and even with posting things for example like I'll give an example and I you know, one of them, like recently there was all this stuff with reproductive rights happening in Texas. And I really wanted to share about that. And I do think it's a relevant topic to parents, but I also know that although most people who follow me kind of know, because I am pretty vocal about how I think, so I think most people will agree. I also know there's going to be a section of people who disagree and I don't have the energy to have that discussion because like, I, I just don't want to like, you know what I mean? So I think it's important but I, I, do I really want to have a, sit there and have a, a, a fight with you know, pro-lifers? I don't. I really don't. I don't have the energy for this today. So I'm just not going to talk about it. And, and again, I know that in a way that's a privileged position, right? Um, but, but we can also only do so much. Well, and if you have the expectation on yourself that you have to show up for 50 different things, how much are you putting into those 50 different things versus choosing the things that you have the energy for that you know about that you're passionate about you can fully show up for and so it's no good for anyone to just mm -hmm. try to speak on everything and to try to act like we're well versed in everything and it's kind of even like it's really kind of right. arrogant for someone to think that they their word about everything is so important and so accurate that I should be the Right. Of these issues that I have no idea about and that I don't resonate with and I don't know the experience. So I think it's important to think of it in that way too. I don't yeah. think a lot of people have that perspective when they're, you know, pushing us to speak about things, but I think it's negative to actually do that and put ourselves in that position. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I think, yeah, I, I was sort of not, no, I wasn't speaking on everything, but I think I was a lot more vocal for a while and it, it, I think it led to burnout um for me and then also probably for my audience honestly I think ultimately the way I look at it is we we all can sort of make the world a better place but we all have to have our roles there and I see it as like what we're doing is important like if we're talking to people about you know treating their kids with respect and we're talking about you know breaking the cycle of generational traumas and things like that like I do think that makes the world a better place is it, you know, at a political level? No. Is it, you know, is it fixing every problem that's in this world? Obviously not. And, and that, but as a, as a person, that is what I feel I can contribute to the world. And I'm just going to focus mm -hmm. on that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. 
And people like you're saying, like focusing in that area that's important to us doesn't mean we don't care about those other things. Like I know people who are super into rescuing animals sometimes get shit for that because it's like, oh, you care more about animals Mm -hmm. than humans. But doesn't that's not what it means. It doesn't mean we don't Mm -hmm. care about these other things. It's just everyone has a role and they have time and they have expertise that they can allocate to certain things. And that person is important and someone that works with people is important as well yeah yeah you need both like we need mm-hmm. all of those things right yeah um I guess I want to if you guys have time still uh I want to quickly touch upon I guess the oh. accusations of mom shaming because <laughs> I know we all get that um and it's so hard it's so hard because I I I I don't you know, I'm going to let you guys get started. <laughs> if anybody. Oh has my thoughts. gosh. So many thoughts. It comes up a lot. I mean, and I think it's just because we're like, we are helpers. That's why we even do what we do. So those accusations, even though we don't feel that, that way about ourselves, we don't think we're shaming. It's really hard to hear that, to think that someone else holds that perspective of us. It gets really hurtful. Like that really gets me fired up and it's yeah. like, oh, just block out the haters. But that's an, a character attack, really. Um, and I think it's so hard to hear because that's actually opposite of what we're trying to do on there. Yeah. It's hard to believe. Um, I, but, you know, isn't there, uh, actually, just before this, there was a reel that a person made about, um, yeah. what did they call or us? anti trainers, anti- anti anti cry people whatever whatever that's what we are and this is how people anti cry people view us and you know in the video she's like throwing her baby into the crib and um just like ignoring the baby and whatever and it's like no one said that like none of us have ever made that claim that you know anybody who sleep trains is an awful just you know terrible human being that like doesn't care about their kids like no Obviously, if we, if we thought that, like, why would we be bothering with a whole platform to support people? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but it's that polarization. Like, it, I feel like in this day and age, everything has to be so black and white. Like, it can't, people can't find the nuance in things and can't listen to each other without accus- mm-hmm. accusations, you know? Yeah. Or the like, you know, if we if we are advocating for a different way, right? Uh, we are attachment parents, and we are a attachment parenting is what we are talking about. I get that so much, so much um, that if I'm talking mm-hmm. about responsiveness, it's because I'm advocating for parents to be too responsive, and they will be so responsive that I am driving them to burnout and. I want moms to be extremely exhausted. And those are some of the messages that I get um, that I'm doing a disservice for parents and moms that I should learn more about the concept of good enough parenting, which is something that I ironically talk about and share about. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, sometimes I'm just like, okay, yeah. Mm It's hard. Yeah. Ignore, (laughs) block, delete. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you become good friends with the block and delete button. I love them so much. I use it a lot. Yeah. Or restrict. Restrict is a good one too. 
I don't even know. Oh, that's a good that one was too. a thing. I just yeah. go straight to block. Actually, I think. Yeah. I, I, apparently restrict is like even meaner because they can still see your content, but they just like, I think they can comment. Yeah. But like nobody yeah, was exactly. No, uh, so it's I like they're talking to themselves. It's amazing. I, I love it. <laughs> it's so because, evil. you know, well, yeah, the person goes and then, uh, yeah. So I, I, I have someone that just really comments on every single post and um, to like, it seems like it's, yeah, to invalidate whatever I'm talking about. And after, like, it's been months, like more than six months. And, and then I went there and restricted. So I can see that the person comment. Uh, still comments uh, on my posts and I can choose to read what this person is commenting but nobody sees it and that's amazing and then you can choose if you want to know and if you don't then nobody replies nobody sees it yeah I love that I've never used that's amazing yeah I might have to try that but yeah I mean it's so hard because um, specifically with the stuff that we talk about when it comes to parenting, people feel very, um, you know, it's personal and I understand it. Like I get why people feel that sense of shame and that sense of guilt when you talk about these things. And I mean, it comes up for me too, right? Like that's just normal part of, uh, parenting. I mean, I know Michelle, you like, you do the whole circle of security thing. Like the whole point is that we're all triggered by things. <laughs> like we all have, you know, our own baggage and, and it's going to come up for us, but just because something that someone did triggered me, it doesn't mean that that person meant to trigger me. And it doesn't mean that that, what that person is saying Mm -hmm. is wrong. Um, you know, and I think that's what the issue is that we can't have productive conversations if we're shutting people down by telling them that their Mm -hmm. information is making me uncomfortable. It's just that personalization of everything. Like everything that I see on my feed is directed at me specifically and then it's really easy to take those things personally as an attack when really we're talking to such a big audience and if you don't like the message or it doesn't resonate with you it's up to you to curate your page and look elsewhere and find a group that is more supportive of your values that's not we can't possibly filter that for 20,000 plus people that would be impossible for us to do yeah yeah and we won't stop talking yeah. about this topics that are important <laughs> because someone might feel that's something that makes them uncomfortable. Um, I think that's um, something that um, pretty much serves to everything that's been discussed right now, right? So you will yeah. continue to discuss something that's important for you and then you decide, okay, so I don't want to hear that message right? As Michelle said, you can curate yeah. your, your experience, right? That's the beauty of the, the whole thing. You can unfollow. Um, you can just, yeah, unfollow is a great idea. Yeah. So if you are not agreeing, or if that's something that's really not um, doing good to your mental health, um, or really yeah. making you feel that you are not good enough as a parent because of those messages because the whole point at least for me is to share things that support parents um and helps them not feel so lonely in their decisions um but then you know i know that some people that that won't resonate and that's okay 
that's fine. Um, yeah. And what bothers me the most, to be honest, with the whole sleep training and anti-sleep training thing, is that um, is this idea <laughs> that there is such thing. Because um, what most of us do is uh, we really want to understand that our child development. We we have experience in this field, and we we want to advocate for children because in this in this supposedly I don't know fight that is that exists against sleep training and anti sleep right. training, um, the child is the one that you know, is at stake. Um, we are talking about this parents, not because yeah. we, I, I don't think that the goal is um, to compete with sleep training. Uh, we're right. not saying, hey guys, uh, come here because my service is fast. No, um, we are telling them that they actually don't need to do that. Um, and yeah. there are other ways that can they, they can help. And most of us have so many resources for free that can support as parents. Um, but yeah, um, you know, the, 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 the main goal is to actually protect childhood. It's to protect infants' mental health, is to yeah. share this information. Um, and with that, we're not telling the parents who already live trained that they are horrible people. That's not, that's definitely not what we want. Um, And yes, we understand that attachment is not um, just attachment parenting. One event, (laughs) right. No, it's just that when we are talking about all these things, people always label us as attachment parenting advocates, which is not true. And we know about, we're all crunchy granola bar yeah and we know about (laughs) attachment theory we've studied that we are familiar with that so sometimes I feel like there is this um blame game where they tell us oh you don't know about attachment uh, theory we're talking about no we're not Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're talking about the same thing yeah but we are really advocating for children and yeah I like that you brought up like the competition and like the selling and that's really not what we're doing because I have found that I'm actually a terrible businesswoman because I don't really, I don't convert discovery calls because most of them are, you're doing just fine. Your child, the way that they're behaving is normal. That's expected. That's within an expected developmental range. And so I'm not trying to make you feel like you have a deficit. I actually spend so much time just reassuring people that they're doing okay. And that's yeah. And so that's not what Literally. we're about. Yeah. Like, yeah. Half my posts, I mean, some of my posts are, are angry posts against sleep training industry. And again, it's sleep training industry, <laughs> not parents. But um, half of my posts are your baby is normal. It's okay that your baby takes short naps. It's okay that your baby's doing this. Don't let them tell you like, you know, I'm literally just helping people for free because the more I tell them their babies are normal, the less they need any services. And, you know, so if, yeah, if I was like an evil business person, I definitely would not conduct myself in the way that I do on social media. I mean, um, if anything, all of us are terrible business people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. We would rather not have clients, right? Like we just want everyone to feel secure in what they're doing and with their biology and with their instincts and all of that. And it would be great if 
I didn't have to have a role. It would be great if people believed those things about themselves already. Um, and that's kind of where the fight with the fight, you know, quote unquote, yeah. with the sleep training industry comes in is that they are making people think that they have a deficit and then that's where we can sell. But we don't want to do that. We want you to know yeah. that you're already capable and you already have most of what you need. Yeah. And perpetuating this idea that the solution for every for everything is sleep training, right? Because if we think that the solution for sleep and everything is training uh, then we are not really paying attention to what's happening around this right and why parents don't have maternity leave uh, paternity leave enough right why we are not thinking about mm -hmm. society as a whole why we're not considering those who are more vulnerable um, why we're not advocating for um, you know um, so many other things that we need in order to parent uh, in a way that is biologically appropriate. Um, so yeah, so I think we have kind of- Because we still, yeah. Right, we are just ignoring all these other things that are really driving us to this um, situation we are at as a society. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. <laughs> I totally, I think to me, like, I know sleep training. Yeah, I mean, like my whole focus isn't, against sleep training but the way I see it is like it's a symptom of a bigger yeah. issue do you know what I mean so it's like it's not just about that like it's not I don't really care that you know the neighbor did cry it out with her kid like it's not about that person individually it's about the system that makes her believe that she has to do that you know, it's about the system that's made it so that she doesn't have the support she needs to respond at, at night and still get rest. Like it's, 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 a, it's a bigger issue than, than just like, oh, Jenny over there sleep trained her kid. Like, I don't care. Like if that worked for you and you're happy with your decision, yeah, that's great. You know, like for some people, they, they really, they're happy with their decision and, and, and we can coexist. And believe it or not, I have friends in real life who've sleep trained that like, it's not a make or break. Like it's not the end of the world, but yeah, I just hate that it has to be so polarized because, because I just think like, we're not listening to each other yeah, if, or having, that, if we're not having proper conversations. Yeah. And it ha and, or that it has to be the norm, right? Because this is the issue mm -hmm. because when we are all like just talking about how to fix right sleep, um, with sleep training, we are just, again, uh, not considering a lot of other things. It's, it's easy, right? In a way, because, okay, so if, if we're having a hard time, then with sleep, then you just hire a sleep consultant. They will have all this, the, the, you know, the, uh, the methods that, as some of them say, work, right? And that's yeah. it. But my problem is not, yeah, not my problem simple. is not that. I think in the end, because, because parents only know that as a solution, in the end, they are help, helping those parents, right? If the, the solution is just that, it's just mm -hmm. sleep training. But when we see that there are other ways, when we understand how, um, you know, how things really work and, and, and uh, what's expected, like the, what was um, appropriate, right, for each stage of development, when we understand those things, then we realize that something is kind of off, right, that we need to find other ways to yeah. help this, this, this children, right? 
Um, and yeah. the, the whole thing is that we are just putting a band-aid in order to help those parents keep functioning and keep contributing to uh, our capitalist society. But, you know, what yeah. can we do to support these families so they don't have to go and, and, and buy that band-aid for that situation and keep pushing life forward? Because that's what it seems like we are yeah. continue to do. Um, so yeah, so it's a we, like it's a huge issue um, that we ignore yeah. when we just offer sleep training as a solution. Um, yeah, it's frustrating. I just had someone tell me today that she went, she waited months to go to a neurologist because she wanted to rule out some issues with her kid and was told to just sleep train, like. No, it's just, it's so incredibly infuriating when people have genuine concerns and they're being told to put that bandaid on it. And I think, you know, this relates, I know Michelle's like focus is not sleep quite as much, but you talk about responsive parenting in general or attachment in general, but it relates to everything, right? Like if we see our kids as a behavior problem to be solved, then it's the same thing. It's like, you see, you know, um, you see this with autistic kids, like they get, you know, they put them into these like therapies that just make them mask their symptoms instead of actually meeting their needs. Right. You see this with any, any punishment based practice in parenting, like we're, you know, give your kid a timeout and they'll stop doing that behavior. Okay, great. They stopped doing the behavior, but why were they doing it in the first place? What was the need? We don't dig deeper because we just deal with the thing that's in front of us and we only deal with the surface mm-hmm. level, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That is, I mean, that is my big gripe with all that stuff is we're missing that underlying need. It's going to pop up somewhere else. And we, and I know you guys see that with people who have sleep trained their babies Mm -hmm. that, you know, whatever was underneath developmentally or whatever else it is, it's going to pop up in other aspects. So maybe things will be okay for two months, but then when there's a growth spurt or there's a developmental progress happening, you're going to see it pop up. And that's like with anything, even with adults, you know, ignoring your emotional, inner emotional experience, that's going to be suppressed and it's going to manifest into other things. So when we ignore those underlying needs, they don't go away. They just manifest into something that is harder to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like, um, you know, it's, it's, this is my ECE pet peeve, but uh, when parents would bring their kids to school. Um, on Tylenol because they had a fever <laughs> and they would give them Tylenol fever breaks they send them off to school you can tell the kid look like feels like crap but they're still at, at school right so it's it's like the same idea it's like you're masking the symptom great they don't have a fever anymore but what was that fever there for that fever was actually protecting them that fever was their body's way of fighting that infection whatever the hell it is that they have like we don't need to get rid of the fever we need to figure out what's going on with them it's kind of the same thing. Like when kids are waking at night, they have, there's a reason for it. Like what, why are they waking? What is it that we need to, what need is it that they're trying to tell us? Um, so that's kind of my analogy there. Cause that <laughs> was an ECE pet peeve. I know Mariana agrees. Yeah. <laughs> All the yeah. time. All, and then we have to call like, <laughs> no, that's no. We're like, Oh, it's, it's, it's a new, a new thing. thing. The Tylenol has wore off. Your kid has a fever. <laughs> we could tell, yeah. guys. Like, and it's sad, tell. right? Oh, yeah. Because these parents have to go to work. And then again, we go back to the discussion, yeah. the discussion about um, parents not having the support they need, right? And then they have to do these yeah. kind of things because they don't know, they don't have like, you know, any other support but school. 
Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge, it's a huge thing. And I feel that if only people could understand that the discussion goes way beyond the sleep training or anti-sleep training kind of thing. And it involves so much more. We could just really sit together and really contribute to these conversations in ways that we can improve parents' lives instead of yeah, putting the band-aid or selling a program or, you know, like a magical solution um that w- as yeah. michelle said that will last for a couple of months and they will feel like they are doing everything wrong because that's what happens most of the time so they go there and they buy the sleep training program and then they put it all just like it's there and then they come to us and say look i'm failing because i'm mm-hmm. not being consistent enough and then it goes back to the parent right so because they're not doing things the way they the, the way it's written right because yeah their children are telling them look it's a snowball not with me yeah and it's so much more that's why like I hate that the conversation surrounds like oh well there's no proof that sleep training causes attachment issues okay so sure let's say that it doesn't right I don't believe it helps but let's say it doesn't okay but there's all these other things like it's not just about that or it's not just about the potential harm or the cortisol levels like it's not just about that it's about what are we doing to the parent who now is seeing their child as a behavior problem to be solved is what, like all the other things we just talked about. So there's so much more than just, again, that one instance, that one thing that the parent is doing and whether or not that's going to cause harm. Like we don't have evidence. And I do believe that some kids are sleep trained and they're fine. Like they're totally fine. There's no attachment problems or cortisol or whatever. There's nothing. That's fine. That's great. But what about for the ones that there is? do we not care about those kids like you know does that not matter like should we not talk about it because it doesn't affect everybody Mm -hmm. the same yeah but I mean the only way that (laughs) people in that industry make money is by pitting us you know pitting themselves against us and making it a black and white issue that is supposedly easy to look at that's how you make money is make it easy make it simple and make it seem like you have this quick solution because nobody wants to hear someone go on and on about attachment theory. If it's a novel that's written, they want to go with that quick, easy, this is my solution. And then my problem will be done. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the other thing I wanted to make really clear um, for people is like, you've got to remember again, and I, Michelle, you said this at the beginning, but I think it's, we cannot stress enough, like, how little you can say in a post, even in a story, you know? And that's why we're having this conversation here in a podcast, because this is a much easier way to discuss things than you can in a story or a question box or whatever. Um, And so the nuance is often missed. And so when people are like, well, this doesn't apply to me. Yeah, because it it, it just can't possibly. And, And we are all talking about very complex concepts. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really appreciate you guys taking the time and I I think we should do another, another episode sometimes, maybe something a little lighter. Um, I know we're all kind of feeling a bit tired and exhausted anyways, but, um, if you can leave a message with anybody, what would it be? Uh, I guess I'll start with Michelle again. Um, if you could leave a message for people listening, what would you want them to know? Oh my gosh. I'm like, wait, I might be a for that one. Um, I think, okay, if I were to leave a message 
for those listening. What I would say is trust yourself, um, block out any noise that causes you to distrust yourself. Know that your space is important and that you can protect that. Um, and it's okay to put up boundaries to keep that space sacred to you because your well-being and your values are important. Yeah. I love that. Um, Mariana, do you have anything? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, for me it would be um, to really follow your heart in terms of um, what you think is best for your family, for your child. Um, where can people find you guys? And, and what can you help them with so that we can yeah. at least leave you guys with? Um, yeah, so you can find me at Babies and Brains on Instagram, Facebook, um, and then babiesandbrains.com is my website if you are seeking out support. Um, I do individual parent coaching. I run Circle of Security both individually and as a group, and I've been putting out some webinars just for some kind of quick um, cost-effective um, support as well. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Um I, you can find me on, uh, from babies to toddlers. I was a former, the former responsive parents project, but I found that from babies to toddlers, uh, is more, more aligned with what I do and what I share. I can support parents with one-on-one consults, um, for responsive sleep and child development. And yeah, you can also find my website. Uh, it's uh, www.marianacasaman.com. Uh, and you can read a bit about um, myself and the blog um, and find the free resources if that's what you're looking for. That's awesome. I appreciate oh, you guys no. coming on to chat with me oh, today. no batteries. Yeah, no batteries. Thank you, baby. <laughs> I appreciate you guys coming on to chat. This was so nice. I wish we could all meet in real life. We're all so far from each other. But <laughs> one day. Yeah. I'm going to make that. That would be amazing. That's my, and my, that would be list. amazing. Yeah. And good oh, luck with your you. move, Mariana. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. If you enjoyed it, please go on iTunes and give us a review so that others can find us and share it on your socials. Join me on Instagram at Paula Morales McDowell and keep the conversation going. What did you love? What questions do you have? Who do you want to hear from next? Catch you next week.